Hi, and welcome to episode 86 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Each week we talk to you about the best apps, great gear, and top news in the iOS world. And uh, last episode, we were live recording after WWDC, the Apple event where we, where Apple unveils iOS 12. And this episode, we want to talk to you about the iOS 12 public beta. Uh, that's something that you can download on your phones now. And we want to talk to you about whether or not you should do that. And by now, I mean in the next, in the coming weeks, Apple will be uh, releasing the public beta that people can test out until September when we get the official version. So we'll be getting into that shortly. That's the theme of this episode. Uh, but first, we want to tell you about our sponsor. So I'm going to tell you about GoBuddy. Uh, GoBuddy is this really great company. They have a bunch of solutions for iPhone accessories. And the one I'm going to tell you about today is called the EarBuddy. If you're watching the video podcast, I'm holding it up right now. And it's really awesome. What it is, it's this little bendable ear loops. And they're made out of, I think it's kind of like a silicone, but it's a soft material and what you do is you attach it they have them for ear pods and air pods and they prevent them from falling out of your ears they're really affordable uh, they're really comfortable and they prevent ear pods and air pods from falling out of your ears um, so make sure you check them out they're available on amazon we'll link to them in our show notes if you go to iphonelife.com podcast and I love AirPods. I actually lost mine, sadly. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I couldn't use our tip where you find them using Bluetooth because they'd already died. Um, but you can't really wear them for running, so these are awesome for that. Yeah, exactly. And Because I, I have the Jabra... What are they called, Sarah? Elite. <laughs> the Jabra Elite, Elite 65 which you can T, wear for running, but they're not very comfortable. So I'm actually... I have plans to get the AirPods and then use earbuds when I run. Really, cool. you don't find them comfortable? <laughs> no, they're like, I, I know I'm maybe alone in that, but they like are weird in my ears. I don't know. Sarah it, loves it them. It took me a while to get the right angle. I kept wanting to like turn them so that the little mic thing was pointing straight forward, but it actually is supposed to angle down. And I also found that the ear tips had to be much smaller than I thought. Mm. All right, cool. Well, <laughs> <laughs> cool story. Uh, we can link to the Jabra Elites in the in the podcast uh, too, and you can decide for yourself whether you want to try those out. Uh, but first, we want to tell you about our daily tip. Uh, many of you probably already are subscribers to our free daily tips newsletter. If you go to iPhoneLife.com/dailytips, you can sign up if you haven't done that yet. Um, and we send you one tip every day that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone in just a minute. And so it's really cool. It's an easy way to make sure you're getting the most out of your devices. And we wanted to share one of our favorite tips this week. This one I personally benefited from, and it's how to get rid of spam Instagram apps and stop auto likes. And so this is something I didn't even know why this was happening to me on Instagram, but um, I was scrolling through and seeing people that I don't remember following. And uh, like apparently you can even be automatically liking other posts that you haven't done manually. And what? that is crazy. because sometimes when, well, let me open up the post to see how to do this, but um, there are, like you grant permissions sometimes to other apps without realizing it. Oh no. And so what if you go to Instagram.com, which you can do this on your iPhone, but you can't do it through the Instagram app. You have to go into a web browser, go to Instagram.com, sign in, then by your profile, you tap the settings, like little gear icon, 
and under authorized apps, you'll see a list of apps that you've authorized access to your Instagram account. I mean, that you may not have any. I had uh, I had like half a dozen apps. Uh, and so there you can just click revoke access and you won't have this problem anymore. But that was one of those crazy things I had no idea even was happening to I me. I had no idea. So it's Instagram.com, not the app. And then what do you do? You uh, hit the gear icon by okay. your profile settings and then authorized apps. And there you'll see a list of the apps, if any, that you've granted access to, your, uh, to certain permissions with your Instagram account. And for the record, Facebook owns Instagram. So this is a very <laughs> similar problem to me as all these other third-party apps getting yeah. too much access to our personal data. Uh, Facebook's really got to step it up on that one. Yeah. I, I thought that was interesting when everyone was like, I'm done with Facebook. Find me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I'm totally guilty of that. I knew that, but I still think of Instagram differently. So that still surprised me that that was happening. So yeah, we are looking out for you. Go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips and we'll to find more tips like that. Um, and yeah, moving on to our other premium product, we have iPhone Life Insider. And that is a full educational program where you get video guides, you get access to our tech support where you can ask Sarah any of your tech-related questions and she'll answer them for you. You get a digital subscription to our magazine, which we have a quarterly magazine, and our full archive. Um, and you get video versions of our daily tips. So Sarah's gonna share one of our insider questions and how she helped them out. Um, so this insider was asking, how do I correct or change the date stamp on pictures on his iPhone? And I, I think this tends to happen when you upload a bunch of photos at once from a different source or and then they all get a certain date stamp and then there's no way on your iPhone to change that and you want and then you know sometimes they're sorted by the date you took them and that's not very helpful if actually they're like way older or um, someone else wrote into me once and their date stamp was like 30 years ahead or something and so like they had thousands <laughs> of pictures that were always in front oh, that they had to scroll God. through so it could be bad um, so the easiest way is actually to, on a Mac, um, open the Photos app and you'll need to have iCloud Photo Library enabled on both devices. And then you can um, select all the photos. Um, you would hold like the shift key and then click on all the photos you wanted or you could do it with individual photos one at a time. And then you go to Images and you click Adjust Date and Time and then you can put in the correct date and time and then those changes you make in the Photos app, if you have iCloud Photo Library enabled, will then show up on your iPhone, and that's much easier. Um, if you have a PC, um, it used to be you couldn't do it. You might be able to do it now, but I couldn't test it because I, I don't have a PC. I was wondering, I feel like with iCloud, you probably could. With iCloud.com, you might be able to like access all the photos or download them onto your computer, change the date stamp, put them back in iCloud, it's a little complicated, um, and there are third-party apps uh, that can do this if you just want to change a couple, but none of them have really good ratings on the App Store, so I hesitate to recommend any by name, but that's also an option. Cool. Awesome. I wanted to share, sorry, I was just distracted for a second, because I wanted to share some of our comments from our podcast, uh, from our listeners of our last podcast, before we get into the iOS 12 public beta. Um, last issue, I mean last episode, sorry, thinking in magazine, we're in magazine terms, land over um, here. we talked about what were all the new features of, of uh, iOS 12 
and WWDC highlights. So we got some comments back um, and I'm gonna read you a couple. So we have one from Ken Rubin from Bethesda, and he says, I was very happy that your podcast this week actually talked about improvements to the Stocks app and how to use it rather than your past approach, which was device on how to delete the app entirely. <laughs> and this one, you know, I'm glad that Ken wrote in. Uh, I, it probably was me because I don't use the stock app, and so I was kind of like, oh yeah, why would you want that? Now you can finally delete it because that was something Apple. Okay, I'm, I'm let sorry, us do a while Ken, ago. but I have to defend myself here because oh, okay. it was me. It was you. I it was all of us. He was right. Have <laughs> stocks a stock app? I like um, Bloomberg, and so it, he thought that I was saying never invest, never track your stocks. It's not important. It is important, of course, but. <laughs> the Stocks app was woefully inadequate, in my opinion, and there were better ones, third-party ones, available. Now, hopefully, with the addition of news, which I, I use a lot, because when you're looking at stocks, you want to see why they went up or down. Having the news helps. Yeah. Uh, and having more interactive map features, things like that. Hopefully, the default Stocks app will be adequate, and I will stop telling you to delete it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Ken. <laughs> yeah. So there's the defense. Um, Bloomberg, you might want to check it out. Ken's compare and see. But... Um, just for any of you who don't know, with iOS 12, the Stocks app now is supported on the iPad, and they have a business news section uh, that you can like be able to get some context for why the market's behaving the way that it's behaving. Uh, did I miss anything new with the Stocks app? Isn't I guess just redesigned. The, no, they the had maps. They they, oh. they made their maps more interactive, I believe. They did something not maps. Sorry, the the like the graphs. graphs uh, I know it was like maps. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and for the record, Bloomberg is not a very easy to use UI, so I don't know that I'm recommending it. I just it was the best one that I've personally found. Okay, cool. Uh, then we have another uh, we have another letter that I just wanted to read out. My wife and I listen to the podcast in the car at times, but mostly I watch the video to see the facial reactions of David, Donna, and Sarah to each other. I've told the students in my iPhone class that after watching for so long, a connection has built up as it would with characters on a TV show. So this makes us really happy. Uh, and he says, I'm looking forward to the beta version of iOS 12, mostly to have Waze show up in CarPlay. Lots of traffic at rush hour here in Dallas, and I've found Waze does a better job of getting us around it. And I'm happy for ways to be added to CarPlay because now I'm going to actually try it out. Yeah, so that's really awesome. And that really ties in with our theme. We're going to be getting into talking about the beta. Clearly, this listener is going to go for it. Um, but we have some thoughts on things to consider on whether or not it's a good choice for you. And if but, you are watching the video podcast, you hopefully can now see our facial reactions even more. We have brand new lapel mics. Uh, yeah, so we're not blocked by these yeah. giant mics. <laughs> so if you're watching or listening, let us know how they sound. I know we talk about this a lot. We've been investing a lot in sound quality, video quality. Hopefully this is an improvement on both fronts. It's supposed to be. So feel free to pipe up and let us know how we're doing on that front. <laughs> yeah. And as always, thanks for writing in. We love to hear from you. Uh, you can always email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com. So let's get into it. The iOS 12 public beta should be coming out any day now, probably sometime next week. If last year it was around June 27th, I think is when it was. So that would be like midweek next week if Apple followed the same pattern. Um, so first of all, you might be wondering what is iOS 12 public beta? Usually Apple releases their official version of, of the new updated iOS each year in September. But in the past couple of years, they've started offering late June 
the public beta version that anybody can sign up for really easily. And for those summer months, you can be testing out the features and you can send feedback to Apple as you're having any issues. So it's cool because you get to try out all the new features before all your friends, but it like Apple is very is not claiming that there won't be bugs. You're gonna be experiencing glitches and bugs, and especially on some older devices, you might have some problems. So you're signing up for that as well. So did I miss anything? That's sort of the background on what is the public beta. I think that's a pretty good summary. Let me ask one question first before we dive into it too much. I guess it's a kind of a, a, a pro or con of it. If you do sign up for the beta and you decide you don't like it, it's too buggy or too glitchy, can you go back to iOS 11? Yes. Yes. Um, and it's easier than it used it, to be. Okay. Yeah, the first year it was um, when I switched out of the beta, I had to go back to the backup I'd made like months before and I lost like apps and data and mm. settings and it was a nightmare and I was like, I'm never doing that again. But of course I kind of have to for my job. Yeah. Um, but the, I guess Apple learned from that and so now it's very easy to just, there, I think you just, it's a setting that you go into your settings and you just, you know, remove the beta. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah. So, if you do want to sign up, it's beta.apple.com is where you go um, on your phone using a browser. And from there, you can enroll for the public beta program. Um, right now, if you go to that page, it'll just say coming soon. But like I said, probably in a week, that'll change. Uh, but, yeah, from there, you... The beta version goes under, I think it's like profile or something in your settings. We can link to a post because we have a post right. last year on how to enroll and then also how to get rid of it if you try it and don't like it. Right. I don't think it's actually available yet, though. No, it's not available yet. Oh, it's no, oh. it's not. But but I, it, the post that we have is from last year and it teaches you right. how it worked and last year and presumably it'll work that way this year. And we'll we'll actually be updating it, you know, in time for the... Beta. And last yeah. question before we debate whether or not you should do it. For those people who, for some reason, they didn't listen last podcast, who knows what they're doing. <laughs> Can we do a very brief recap of iOS 12 and what the features in the beta will be? Sure, yeah, so that it, to tempt well, people or not tempt them. <laughs> just so we know. Okay, but first we should make clear that not all these features will necessarily yeah. be available right away. Some of them Apple just won't release until I, the shipping version of iOS 12 comes out, and sometimes, like, you know, like a smaller update. And we and don't yet know which ones will be available. No, and, and then some of them you'll only be able to use with other people who have the beta. Yeah. So just, you know, it's not like you're going to get the full iOS 12 right away. But in my experience, I've, I feel like probably at least 75% of the features talked about are in the beta. Well, would you agree with that? Yeah. And so it's usually, you get a good a good taste of the new features, but... Um, okay, and so the so, new features we have, of course, the and emojis. Yeah, so if you have an iPhone 10, um, then you're probably familiar with and emojis, which are, I never know how to describe them properly, but they create like animations based on your facial expressions, um, and they've in the past been like animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. They've added a few new ones. There's a T-Rex, there's, I can't remember what, there were like three new animals. But now there's Memojis. There we go. That's what I was trying to remember the name of. And those do that. Like It's more like Bitmoji, if any of you have set that up, where you create like your own avatar. So you can do that. And now it will also be moving. Like You can be talking to your phone, and the Memoji will generate right. that looks like and you. And the best part about this is like a lot of iMessage features, you 
can only send to either other iMessage users, but these ones, like if you use Animojis and later with Memojis, you'll be able to send them to anyone. So I'm basically not going to text mm. anymore. I'm just going to like create an avatar and like just just talk. And that really seems wise. Like, yeah. yeah, I think everyone will love it. <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. Can you attach them to emails? So, just do that instead of email? You can send them. To clarify, though, you can send them to anyone, but you can only create them if you have an iPhone 10. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm so. guessing you won't be able to, if it's even available on the beta, you won't be able to send it to people who don't have the beta. Apple is usually pretty... Right, yeah, it'll show up as some weird thing. Like, I remember that there were some new emojis when I was doing the the beta last oh, year, and yeah. I'd send them to people, and they'd yeah. just show up as question marks yeah. or something <laughs> like, like that. Um, but yeah, so if you the new phones coming out in September will presumably also have the front-facing true depth camera that allows for an emojis and emojis. So I think like iPhone 10 and forward will probably support this feature. In other words iPhone 10 plus what will maybe be the iPhone 9, the, the what is now the iPhone, the next model of the iPhone 8. We, we really, they got to help us out with naming things. Yeah, this year's naming <laughs> is going to be tricky. We yeah. also have a post on that, but we're expecting three new phones that the names are very unclear. <laughs> a few more features quickly because I know we're on a little bit of a Screen tangent time. here. Screen time. I'm excited for grouped notifications. I right. know that's a small one, but I'm real excited about that one. And Parental you should explain controls. what that is. Okay, so uh, screen time is uh, basically, I think it's going to be in settings or an app, I'm not sure, but it's going to allow you to monitor how much time you're using your phone and are you using it in a healthy way. You can set limits on phones. You can create budgets for children, for parental controls for them to use certain apps. Uh, and so it allows you to be more proactive in making sure you're using your phone in a healthy way. Group notifications are sometimes you get to your phone and if you're in a group text message or you're in an app like we use Slack in the office and I'll have my entire notification screen will just be filled with Slack notifications from a thread I'm following. Mm -hmm. Now it'll group all of those together and you can ungroup them to read them all if you want, but you can kind of see you have 26 messages from Slack and 10 messages from this group text message you're on and that sort of thing. And it will allow you to have better management over your notifications in general. Another one that I'm excited about personally is shortcuts, mm -hmm. which allows you to create personalized Siri commands, it sounds mm -hmm. like. Well, it's and this is like, its own app, mm -hmm. the shortcuts. Oh, it will yeah, it be its own? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, it's a little bit like if you have any kind of smart home setup, you can create scenes. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like creating scenes like in your day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. uh, with apps on your phone and like locations that you go to. And so Siri, you can set up these sort of shortcuts and then at certain times of the day, Siri will be like, oh, why don't you order your coffee now? And why don't you, you know? Okay, so we'll link to all the features so that you can read an article about all the iOS 12 features. We're, we're smirking because I have a tendency to promise all these links in which Sarah then has Sarah's to Sarah's the one who adds them to the blog post. And she so. was just telling me her elaborate strategy to figure out what I promised to link to so she because can fulfill this. David never goes into, we have like a sort of script that we go by. He never goes in and adds those things. He just makes wild promises that he doesn't keep. Hey, let's keep oh. that. We can Burn. pick her behind the scenes. Burn. We have to present a happy front here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, so, it was happy. Sarah just is happily burning you. Uh, I don't think I that constitutes that happiness. I was really happy. That's, I think we have different definitions of happiness. Yeah. Here. So we've, we've given you uh, an idea of what iOS 12 includes. There are more features, but those are some of the main ones we're excited about. 
from reading other people's um, early reviews of iOS 12 who are using the developer beta, group notification seems to be a really popular one. I'm, on, I'm, I'm excited fan. about that. So Sarah, you have indicated that you think that people should upgrade. I think that's actually a decision everyone should make for themselves. Okay. I mean, because things can go wrong, and I'm not gonna. T I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> you don't want that on your record. But I'm gonna do it. I mean, iOS 11 sucks so bad in terms of bugginess that I, you know, usually when you update from the beta to the shipping version, you're like, oh, all the bugs are gone. No, that with iOS happened. 11, it was like. What happened to my iOS 11 that was working well? Now it really sucks. And it's never like really not been horrible and buggy. So I'm just like, iOS 12, like, what have I got to lose? Uh, yeah, and that's, okay, uh, two, two thoughts. First of all, I just want to take a minute to defend our, I think I'm on board with Sarah's stance, iOS 11 is really buggy. Because we've gotten some people in the Facebook group who aren't having problems with iOS 11, and that's great. I'm really happy that you're not struggling with this. Mm. But just overall, the number of bugs that have been around for iOS 11 and the number of people that are affected has been a lot more than a typical operating system. So we, of course, love our phones. We love our iPhones. I just was on the <laughs> Facebook group thread today <laughs> telling some, talking somebody off the ledge of going to Android. Android's buggier. So it's not like you know, it's not like Apple is completely an awful operating it system have now. A it doesn't have a Bixby button, but nonetheless, iOS 11 really is uh, uh, has been a buggier operating system than yeah. past ones. We've had a lot of battery performance issues. If you guys remember, I was just I, I made a list of them, and the, I wrote an article on this in an upcoming issue, and I made a list of all the bugs that personally affected me. And there's been a lot there's that been have a personally lot. affected me. And like, so these aren't things that are like affecting somebody in the Facebook group is saying 0.0001% of the people. There's always things like that where phones get bricked for like 10 people. This iOS 11, in my opinion, was the, ma the majority of people had bugs. And they're yeah. small bugs. Nonetheless, my second point, I think a beta is going to be buggier. Like it's by definition buggy. I, I don't think you should go into it expecting it to be less buggy, but one I'm thing not, we didn't I'm just like what do you have to lose? Uh, yeah, you feel like it'll just be like similarly buggy, maybe. Yeah, but um, I should also clarify: I might be more inclined to get the beta because basically I have to for my job, so I can yeah. know what I'm talking about for you guys when it comes out. So yeah, so it's so a little different. Sometimes but, in these debates, we get into like people will then email us later and say, "Well, why aren't you upgrading? You, you, you don't you want to tell us about this? We will all be upgrading." But it's more. Uh, if, if we didn't do this for our jobs, would it be a good idea to upgrade? Yeah, so we'll definitely go over that. Um, one thing that we didn't mention just with iOS 12 features is one of the biggest things that Apple emphasized is that iOS 12 is a stability update. And so that's something you still shouldn't expect that for the beta, but uh, we're all excited to hear this and hope that Apple can deliver because iOS 11 has not been very stable, mm -hmm. especially for older devices. Yeah. A lot of my friends, like I haven't had that many problems, but a lot of my friends with older phones have really had a lot of problems with iOS 11. And Apple talked about how on the iPhone 6S, I think it was, uh, one of the iPhone 6 generation phones, that uh, iOS 12 should run twice as fast as iOS 11 has been running on that device. And uh, there are a few other things like that, like um, apps will launch twice as fast, or you know, basically like Apple spent a lot of time focusing on how iOS 12 will run on older devices. So that's something to look forward to. But again, with the beta, 
probably you're going to have problems. So don't upgrade to the beta thinking that your, your phone's going to be more stable. Yeah, but I, I do happen. agree, though, if you have an older phone, like I have an iPad Air that I've been complaining about for a while now, and I'm very tempted to upgrade for that even if I didn't have to because yeah. it's so slow right now that even I would deal with bugs to have a faster device. And so if you have an older device that you're struggling with in terms of device speed, it might be, normally I would tell you never to do the new operating system on an older device for beta, but this year might be an exception to that rule. Yeah. And also, if if you don't like it, you can go back a lot easier than you used to. Yeah, that's true yeah. too. I think the big thing, uh, the biggest consideration for me is if you're excited about some of the new features and you have an iPhone 10, I'd say go for it. So that's my opinion, whether or not, you know, I'll be doing that because for my job, but also even if I wasn't, like I told my dad who has an iPhone 10 that he should do it because he's someone, he's an early adopter, he loves Apple products, and he has a new phone that works really well. So I think that that is not too risky for him. So if you're in that situation, I would say do that. The biggest thing you have to do is make an iTunes backup before you do this because you, you want to make sure that you have a really like stable backup. You can also do an iCloud backup, but uh, Apple recommends doing an iTunes backup before you make the switch. And I've also heard it recommended that if you also have an iPad to start with that and see how it goes before you put it on your phone because for most of us, like our phones are our main device mm -hmm. and it kind of ruins your life when it's not working well. And that's, I, I'm going to go on record and say, I, I, if you're an early adopter who doesn't mind I mean, it's like if you want to take the risk to see the new features, go for it. But if you're kind of an everyday user who just wants a stable operating system, is excited for the new features, but doesn't want to deal with bugs, I don't think it's worth it for you. I think mm -hmm. that you should go into it expecting it to be buggy, to be, to be kind of annoying that things crash that didn't used to crash. Because there's also third-party apps that may not be compatible with it. That's one of the biggest frustrations I dealt with last year with yes. the beta is that third-party apps are not yet supporting the new software yeah. well, so then they're crashing constantly. What Some I, apps wouldn't even work at all. Yeah, what I would say is do the beta with caution. If, you, if you're excited enough to just want to play with it and not worry that it's likely going to have a lot of bugs, then do it. But I think as much as I'm harping on iOS 11, it's not a beta operating system. It's all in all a relatively stable operating system. My apps all work. It doesn't crash on a daily basis. Things like that you can't promise for an iOS 12. So at least wait to hear the early reviews of the betas before upgrading, unless you're really ambitious and just want to go for it. Yeah, that's actually or the third-party apps thing I'm not looking forward to. But mm -hmm. it's still, I overall didn't have I personally didn't have huge problems, and I think a lot of that is because I keep a current device. I upgrade every year to a new device. I think if you have an older phone, I would not do it. Yeah. Okay, and, interesting. Even though this uh, this beta will speed up older phones. But do we know that the beta will? Yeah, no, I think you don't know the beta assume. will, and I just think in general getting a beta uh, already, like upgrading to new operating systems, based off of my past experience and then, you know, before working here and then also just talking to friends who have older devices, a lot of times it will really do a number on your battery. It will, uh, things will stop working that were working before. So in mm -hmm. general, upgrading is sort of a trickier yeah, thing definitely. with an older phone. And so, especially with the beta software, that's even riskier. Yeah, I do want to make a point that whatever device you have, if you put the beta on your iPhone, do expect some battery issues. 
Yeah, that usually beta software and Apple tries to fix that over yeah. time. Yeah. But last year that really happened yeah. with the beta. Uh, the other thing, I mean, David sort of touched on this, but if you have an iPad and an iPhone, put it on your iPad. And so even if it is an older device um, that might not perform that well, if you're not relying on it for your daily use as much, which a lot of, I mean, at least I think of iPads that way, is not something that you rely on as much as your iPhone, mm -hmm. then that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a quick question. Um, okay. We're talking all about iOS 12, and I think that's the thing most people are interested in, but there will also be a watch uh, OS 5, 5. beta. Um, are either of you interested in trying that? Oh, I thought that, that was they were just doing a developer beta. I didn't know they were doing a public beta. Maybe I'm totally wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty, at least last year they didn't have a public beta. They just had a developer beta. I've had a watch OS beta before. Huh. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, not sure. Are you going to promise that we'll link to some article about it? Yes, Sarah will link to an article about it. <laughs> uh, I've got the OG Apple Watch, so I'm not particularly aggressive. You, you can't. Oh, yeah, this can't is so it. such a bummer. The original, I have the original. So does my dad, so do you. Uh -huh. We can't even use WatchOS 5. Really? Yeah, we're uh, being forced to upgrade. But I don't want to. Like, uh, to me, this works perfectly fine, and they haven't given me a good reason to buy a new one, which is like, a good thing. Apple just did, and in my opinion, with the Apple Watch, hit it out of the park on the first try, and so I haven't felt inspired to upgrade. So hmm, maybe I'll, now I'll decide how much I care about watchOS 5. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Uh, I no longer have the OG Apple Watch because uh, I gave it to my daughter who sold it to someone, and then I felt bad because immediately after that, WWDC happened. Um, and now they can't oh, update. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter sold it to David's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking if I hadn't upgraded my Apple Watch last fall, I don't know that not being able to update to Watch OS 5 would actually inspire me to, to up, upgrade my watch. I haven't found uh, the, I haven't found the updates to the Watch OS to be particularly. Uh, make a huge difference, to be honest. Not in a bad way, because I'm, I think it's a nice operating system, but it's like they've been pretty incremental updates, in my opinion. I was excited about uh, watchOS 4, and I've been, just because of the different fitness tracking and being able to put music directly on your Apple Watch, uh, more than one playlist. Mm -hmm. That um, would be nice. If you, I don't have Apple Music, and Spotify is letting me down. Yeah, so, but, yeah, I don't, I feel like, even Watch OS 3 was working really well for me in terms of what I mostly use my watch for, which is notifications and fitness tracking. So I got an answer, by the way. Apple has not has never run a public beta for Watch OS. But so there was I a just, way. There was a way. Um, there was like a hack if you were running a public be public beta on your iPhone to get Watch OS. So maybe you did that. I'm not sure. You know what? I just remembered what it was, is that uh, the beta of iOS 11 had you know, different things in the watch app. And so I was playing with that. And so then in my mind, I was like, well, I was playing with the new watch races before it came out. Well, that's funny. Yeah. So sadly, if you were excited about doing a public beta for a watch, you can't. You have to wait to September Sorry to get you that. excited and then disappoint <laughs> and you. If, I am also disappointed. And if you have an original Apple Watch, you either need to upgrade or just settle for not getting the new features. <laughs> All right. Should we hear from our second sponsor? Yes. Yes. Ooh, I get to talk Sarah about Sarah gets to talk about the um, sponsor. I get to talk about this because I've been testing it editorially because I'm writing a couple, uh, an article that will feature this. And um, this is the LifeProof uh, Goa. 
It's a 22 liter backpack, um, and they might have. Want to hold it here. I don't know. Right. If yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Donna. That's I'm why fine. I cover Donna's face. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's part of a series of backpacks they have that come in different sizes, and I'm pretty sure this is the smallest one. But it is surprisingly roomy. I've been, I would kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, I don't know. But there is actually like every time I use it, I discover at least two more pockets. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it fits so much stuff. And the thing I really like about it is, is it has this here. So you could put like a yoga mat there, like things that you oh, can't actually cool. fit if in a backpack. If you're listening, she's referring to straps on the outside of the bag. Right. Not just the ones in the front that you close if you're a hiker or you want everyone to know that you're kind of nerdy. <laughs> um, but yeah, straps on the front that, and Life Crew says you can put like a skateboard in it if you tend to walk around with a skateboard. I don't, because I don't have that kind of balance. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a really cool backpack uh, and it's it's actually water resistant. So, and so it's and it has places for like hydration packs and stuff and to like slip cords through to charge things and access things easily. So it's this got is, a laptop. It does. A section as well. It home. does. I'm opening Ooh. that up. There's this. And it's you could put an iPad in there. So yeah. it's a really high quality bag. Lifeproof, of course, yeah. is known for rugged, durable, water resistant. So I think that's in this bag as well. The material yeah. you can feel is very st sturdy and rugged. I love this yeah. backpack because I feel like. You can go to work with it and then run to yoga after and then take off and go for a hike probably the next day. I don't know <laughs> if I'd go hiking after work unless I got up early. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome backpack. Awesome. Right? People like it. Um, so I think we've given you a good idea of what to expect with the iOS 12 public beta, but just to quickly recap, if you do decide to upgrade, go to beta.apple.com and you can expect that in the next week or two that that will be available. Um, make sure to back up your device and you do have an option to go back if you don't like it. That's pretty much it. Um, we want to do our Apple complaints and learning section before wrapping up the episode. Uh, I wanted to talk about my love-hate relationship with do not disturb while driving. Um, <laughs> this is something I, I put it down as a complaint, but now I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but basically my husband has the feature on where I get auto text messages whenever I message him and he's driving. And it's sort of helpful to know, be like, oh, he's driving somewhere. Like that can help me in some situations when communicate with him. But I also find it really annoying to get, to get like two, it's not just one, it's two auto generated messages that's like, this person's driving somewhere and I can't remember what the second one says, but it's something annoying. You can like text again if you oh, want to. Oh, if go it's through. an emergency. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's... Aren't you always tempted to text emergency? <laughs> I'm driving with do not disturb while driving turned on. I'll see your message when I get where I'm going. I'm not receiving notifications. If this is urgent, reply urgent, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's you just... can, to be fair, modify that. He can't, yeah. yeah he he's can. chosen to but keep you this have, on. You have no choice. You, yeah, that's about an interesting what People point. you're texting. Yeah. Doing. So this happens to me several times a day. I'll be like, oh, he texted me twice. Oh, <laughs> do not disturb while driving. And the thing for me is, I know some people feel like you need to reply to text messages right away. I had an interesting conversation. You were there with uh, our CTO, Raph Burns, where he was basically like, it's been five minutes. Why haven't they replied? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe they have other things going on. 
Like that's the great thing about texting is you send it when you have a minute and they reply when they have a minute yeah. and those minutes might not be at the same time and that's okay. Wrath has no chill is what we're saying. Yeah, we all knew that. But so I don't feel like if someone's driving, I don't need a response. Just text me when you get where you're going. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel about and, it. I mean, like, and nobody makes phone calls usually, so if it's an emergency, you call people. Yeah. You need to talk to them immediately. I also kind of have mixed feelings about uh, Apple's kind of trying to restrict its own technology from us to protect us from our phones. And I think, I don't know that it's a bad idea because it's probably saving lives, but I personally can sometimes feel a little bit resentful of that. It's like, if I don't want to text while I'm driving, I won't text while I'm driving. Yeah, like, I Apple, you don't need to protect me from myself. I, like, it's, there's a weird parental energy around that that can kind of annoy me a little bit. I wonder how you feel about the new screen time Yeah, I'm then. not. I think I like that it's there for people who want to use it. I likely won't. Uh, that's not true. I probably will. <laughs> well, it won't actually cut you off. It'll be like you're almost. It'll like no, you'll get a notification being like you're five minutes away from your daily allowance for Instagram, and I'm I'm curious to try it, and I feel like I might want to use it for like a week and then turn it off and just kind of use it as a learning tool. I think what I'll do is I will use it to look at how my usage patterns and maybe try to self-regulate first before adding budgets because the budgets idea uh, really drives me crazy. Like, can I tell you the Apple feature? This is not my real complaint, but that okay. drives me the most crazy when my Apple Watch tells me to breathe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, and I have, but it like it had the exact opposite response, right? It did not calm me down in the least when my Apple Watch told me to breathe. <laughs> to me, I would really like that feature once the Apple Watch or if the Apple Watch gets a feature that tracks your stress. Yeah. And if it was like actually tuned in to me when I was stressed out and was like, hey, looks like you could breathe use this. Because or you're gonna forget to breathe. You know what? <laughs> I, actually, forget to breathe. I feel like you know when you're upset and someone's like, you need to calm down and no, exactly. that, that makes you more upset. It doesn't help me. It's like, no, I have a reason to be upset. <laughs> you need I to will stop agree to disagree me. on this one. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> annoying, but I feel like wouldn't it be cool if the Apple Watch could track your stress and like give you helpful if reminders? If it gave you helpful, proactive things, and breathing, I guess, is. But yeah. It, but like, it's to me, it's more annoying that it's not tuned into me. It's just at a random time. Yeah, and it's like, you, well, you actually, can, no, I'm not going to stop and do a breathing exercise right now. You can customize how often and when. Just yeah, yeah, but it's it, not based on your stress. Yeah. It can't detect your stress. No. And for uh, some reason, I customized it to tell me to breathe at like 11, and I'm like, I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a complaint that's a, I'm, this is a very strong complaint. Uh, Apple did not give us any updates to the HomePod. Mm. And not only is that just a, a complaint from last time as well, my, <laughs> my girlfriend's son has discovered that he can use my phone through Siri on my HomePod. Oh, no. And now it started texting people <laughs> from my from my phone using HomePod. That's hilarious. He's like turning on music, listening to podcasts, and it's like <laughs> out of control. He's five years old. He's five. <laughs> Apple, please give us voice recognition. Like it's so <laughs> needed. How can you not allow voice recognition on the HomePod? I home love pod? this story so, though. Don't <laughs> so the, the texting though. I know you can. But and he, I might he wants the to be able to text with HomePod. Yeah, That's the I probably will disable it. But my girlfriend was like, why don't you just disable Hey Siri? I'm like, That's the whole no, HomePod. Yeah, you can. <laughs> then you can I have a speaker. Hey <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't. It's, it actually really annoys me that I have to say, 
I'm afraid to say it because everyone's phone will beep. But I have to say, hey, Siri. And, oh, oh, okay. And to do anything. And sometimes Siri doesn't understand what I want it to do. Or I'm trying to say, hey, Siri, to my phone to ask it to do something. And um, I don't know why it just opened up my recent phone calls. And it will be, the HomePod will pipe up and be like, sorry, I can't do that. And I'm like, that's why I didn't ask you. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well, and then I have one next level of this complaint, which is I am writing the smart home article. So I'm. For I'm, our annual for, buyer's yeah, guide. For, thank you yeah. for our annual buyer's guide. And actually, I comment in the Facebook group today. If you have any recommendations for me for this article, uh, go in the Facebook group and let me know. Uh, or you can email us at podcast at iphonelife.com. And that's not just gear, that's like gear you want to know about. Like, I want to, like, right? You know? Smart yeah. things you gear you'd like to have recommended, like yeah, anything yeah, that you use in your home. Let me know, and then I will. If you love it, I'll test it out, and if I love it, I'll put it in an article. But it's gonna give him so much access to everything in the home. He's gonna be able to turn on lights and lock the doors, and like yeah, I was really excited to have my HomePod be super useful by doing this, and now it's gonna be too useful. Not to mention all my shortcuts I want to create. For hey Siri, it's really it's 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 gonna be interesting. So, so let me know. Let me let me tell you what where I have my HomePod. Okay. And, and it's for these reasons. Although I have a 14 year old, so it's not as serious. I keep it in my bedroom for that reason. Mine's in my bedroom too. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't stopped them. (laughs) Five-year-olds don't recognize things like other people's bedrooms. That's true. I will say it's a testament to how user-friendly the HomePod is because he's very good at doing all of it. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you have a complaint you're learning, Sarah? I learned, um, and I kind of knew that I could do this, but sometimes I don't feel inspired to do things, so I just don't know how to do them. So I felt inspired, and I figured out how to customize my Apple Watch dock. Oh. Um, so you can, you press the side button, and it brings up your Apple Watch dock, and you can, you know, one at a time... Um, you know, remove, it's kind of hard to swipe left and remove the things from the dock, but you can if you get it right. And the, the one at the top will be your most recent. Actually, there's, if you've set it so that all, only your favorites show up. See, that's what I have. I just right. have my favorites. So the, but the first card in the dock is actually your most recent. Your so most recent favorite? No, just your most recent. Even if you have favorites on. Right, and okay. then all the other ones will be your favorites. Okay. And so you can actually cool. choose to keep that in the dock and add it right there. Um, so that's the limited way you can deal with it on your watch. But in the watch app, um, I think under it's you just open the watch app, and I believe it's uh, it's the you just tap dock in yeah in the my watch tab, and then you can either have recents in which case that's all the customization you're going to do because it's going to change every time you use a new app on your Apple Watch. Or you can just choose to always have the same apps um, by choosing favorites and then you tap edit and you can move apps in and out of the, the dock. And I haven't played around enough to see if there's a limit, but you can put a lot of apps in there. And you can also, by pressing and holding the three bars to the right, like move the apps into the order you want. So you know, like I, I frequently like to bring up, you know, like my workout app because I don't currently have that complication on my watch face. 
And so I like to have that be one of the first ones and then the weather app. So whatever you tend to use the most, that's a really way, great way to quickly access it if you don't have it as a complication on your watch face. And how do you access your dock on the Apple Watch for people? You press your side button. Okay. Cool. Not to be confused with the with the crown. Yeah. Crown is the round one, side button is whatever shape that is. All right. Well, this <laughs> wraps up episode 86 of the iPhone Life podcast. We hope it's been helpful and let us know what you decide about iOS 12 public beta. You can email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.